trainer is preparation and integration as it relates to psychedelic experiences. And I'm going to particularly speak on um, sitting with uh, grandmother ayahuasca. Um, although the principles apply, but as I am currently in a process of integration, I thought I would share some of my research in terms of best practices, as well as some insights that I'm uncovering through my own journey. Um, I also recently recorded a podcast for those who are interested in sitting with ayahuasca in what I would call the right way. Um, perhaps not in the context of right and wrong, but perhaps in the context of a beautiful way with a master who has the tools to um, foster a safe journey for you, which basically we need right now at this point in time uh, an awakening of consciousness on the planet. And the master plants, in my opinion, are of the greatest tools we have for the um, exponential awakening um, of humanity. However, um, there are a myriad of issues that come with that awakening process. And one of them is a lot of people uh, go to Peru, sit dieta for a week, and think that they're qualified to serve medicine, which is absolutely not the case and absolutely dangerous. And so I just did two episodes that if you're, if you're really considering this uh, journey, I highly recommend you consider uh, listening to. One is my second episode with Master Page Banki Piakau, who is an incredible uh, Page master shaman, uh, has been practicing ostensibly his whole life. Um, but has been sitting with ayahuasca for over 40 years, dietas in the forest, um, solo for many months at a time, and comes from a long line of pages or, or shamans, an unbroken lineage um, in the Ashaninka culture, as well as a powerful episode, which I think underlies a little bit more. The episode with Banky was a bit more on the power of ayahuasca, the right way to sit with ayahuasca, but also, as he is an incredible activist, he's planted over 3 million trees. It's also about um, the journey that we take uh, both inward and, as well as the, the opportunity to create change in the world and how that internal uh, context and external context are dramatically interrelated and interdependent. And there's a lot more um, of an activist orientation, which I really appreciate. Um, I also had an opportunity to interview another master curandero uh, by the name of Don William from the Peruvian tradition, um, a carrier of the Icaros or the sacred songs uh, of the Shipibo. And he, I've had the opportunity to sit with both uh, of these incredible masters. Uh, I really have an orientation towards sitting with master shamans, working with the indigenous wherever possible and um, really paying homage to the sacred through carriers who have made sacred commitments to be in service to and through the medicine. And I think that's one of the key distinctions that I want to bring out in this integration process, which is, you know, there are a lot of 
fake charlatans, uh, fake shamans, charlatans, if you will, that are out there that uh, wear the clothes of the healer, quote unquote, but don't necessarily embody the wisdom. And as we know, there's a there's a a, a huge difference between someone who has knowledge or even thinks they have knowledge and someone who is embodied, someone who is a wisdom keeper. And that difference is incredibly important when you consider sitting with these master plants. It's it's like perhaps a crass analogy, uh, but you wouldn't go, if you needed surgery, you wouldn't go to someone who read about surgery in a library book. You'd go to the Harvard MD with 30 years of clinical experience. And the same is true for psychic surgery. If you're going to reveal and uncover your greatest traumas, your ancestral lineage, the, 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 the reason why the, the through line through many of these challenges, they say, you know, you can have 10 years of therapy in one night, ostensibly. If you're going to go and have that kind of a practice or that kind of discovery, wouldn't you go to the best of the best? Because you're you're having an opportunity to sit with um, and have a conversation with God. And so, in my view, it is absolutely integral to do so with profound respect and reverence and to come with humility. And as it relates to preparation to come with a very clear intention. I like to actually take time to really sit and write out the questions that are up for me. And if you had the opportunity to have a conversation with God, what questions would you ask? You know, I mean, this is such a profound opportunity. And in my experience, um, those questions can get answered. And so I really want to encourage you to approach with reverence and to approach with a real orientation around um, intentionality as it relates to breakthrough. Like what, what, what's the intention coming in that the other side of the experience you will feel a reckoning, a realization, uh, a journey to fulfillment waiting to be uh, unfolded if you come with a clear sense of, of that intention. That to me is integral. And, you know, I think being willing to do the work is another thing that I don't hear enough people talk about. I think too many people associate sitting with master plants as an ecstasy's experience, the equivalent of which they associate with, say, drugs. Uh, master plants are not drugs. Drugs are things you do to escape reality. Master plants are things you do to confront, to reveal, and to transcend the challenges that are, you are presented with in this reality. Um, that That's my discernment. I, have, I had a friend... Um, Actually, Luke's story, I think it's okay to use his name because he talks about this publicly, but um, who's sober um, and, you know, has, hasn't touched sort of drugs or alcohol, um, but he talked about doing ayahuasca and, and his questions around it. 
And I said, you know, of course, that's your own discernment, your own decision. I'm, uh, but if you ask me my experience, um, I would say that there's a very clear distinction between sitting with a sacred plant, which is confrontational. You're not doing that, by the way. I mean, it can be an incredibly beautiful experience, and it can be an ecstatic experience, of course. But it can also be a very confronting experience. It can be a challenging experience. Um, part of that process oftentimes is purging or releasing or letting go of those things that do not serve you. You are often in a collective space with other people who are going through that. And that's another thing I want to mention. Be very, very careful and very, very clear as it relates to the, in the intention you have around the container you are entering into. Uh, because I'll share actually a very powerful personal story, but you have to recognize that when you are going and sitting with a master plant, you're, you're ostensibly entering into the field. You're stepping into a place wherein your psyche ostensibly merges with others who are sitting with you. And you are, which can be beautiful on a beautiful collective journey, um, but it can also be uh, very, very challenging. And I'll give a clear example. And this is perhaps the most vulnerable example I can share. I'm, I'm not going to go into great detail right now, um, just out of respect for my own process and, and also out of respect for you listening, if, if some of you are empaths, because I don't also want to to um, to do what happened to me, which is I, I was sitting in a four ceremony uh, sit, and I actually was planning to leave uh, prior to the fourth ceremony, but the, the facilitators asked me to stay, and I felt honored, and I also felt that you know I was I was amidst a process. Um, I hadn't committed to all four ceremonies, but it was an honor to be invited, and I felt like you know when you enter into these collective um, spaces. You know, if you leave, your presence, your your the lack of your presence is often noticed, right? Um, yeah, that's why sharing circles happen, and you know, of course, there is individual agency. But again, I approach all of this as sacred work, and so I seek to show up and to listen to what is wanted, not just what I want, but what is wanted from the space, what is what is called for in the space, and. Without going into great detail, a uh, there was a there was a moment, and it was not during the ceremony; it was before the ceremony. But you have to understand: as soon as you commit, you're ostensibly in the medicine, because the medicine isn't just the physical plant; it's the prayers, the intention, the sacred commitments that have gone into the you know the facilitator's training. It's your own preparation once you've committed, your own psyche preparing itself, and. And once you're in the midst of a process like a dieta, you, the medicine is still working in and, and through you. And so you, I am extraordinarily vulnerable. So I'm very careful with what I share. Um, you know, a diet isn't just the food we consume, although that is important. It's also the information we consume, the energetics we consume. And so without going into great detail, this young woman approached me without any context. I had never met this woman. And she ostensibly purged. Um, she shared a story, which was an incredibly, incredibly traumatic story 
of the most traumatic things one can experience uh, as a human being, and especially as a child. And of course, I listened um, to her experience uh, with with great empathy and sympathy. Um, and it was a very, very challenging story to listen to. Um, and that night during ceremony in the tradition I was sitting with, which is uh, Yahe, which is a Colombian tradition, um, there was a limpia or a cleansing. And when she was doing her limpia, uh, in the context of now doing the deep medicine, so being in the medicine, in the ceremony, I then lived the experience she had shared with me, which is of the most horrific experiences you can imagine. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Uh, it was incredibly traumatic. Um, I relived her experience as myself, as a boy, as a child. And uh, it left questions. Um, it was, it left questions, did that actually happen to me? Um, was I doing her work or helping her do her work? And because it was the last ceremony and because of the way the container was structured, while I did see through the ceremony, uh, on leaving, I didn't personally feel complete. It actually opened doors that I would have preferred closed. Actually, I would have preferred them never open in the first place. <clears throat> but this goes to the point I'm making, which is you have to be very careful about the container the set and setting that you're entering into. And also extraordinarily mindful of the other work that people are doing. And of course, it's this is not to advocate that not be helpful to someone else. But it is to say, if someone starts to share in a way where there's no context, um, you know, there are ways to hear and to respect what they're sharing to make them feel seen, heard, and loved, but also to own your boundary, you know, to say, you know, in that instance, what I might say in hindsight is I'm, I'm hearing where you're going with this story and I really want to honor uh, your experience. I also want to share that I'm now three ceremonies in and I'm extremely vulnerable and an empath. And if it's not something I can help you change right now in this moment, I would, I would love to honor you and your experience, but perhaps I'll point you to someone like the facilitator who may be able to set the context in the sentence setting for you to be able to do this work in a good and beautiful way. Um, and also so that I can come in in a way that is most cl clear and present and of service to, to the space. <clears throat> I'm just riffing right now. So, you know, that may not be perfect, but you get it. You're, you're coming with heart, but you're also setting a context in which you know you're willing to and not willing to receive and a lot of people kind of share without recognizing that they're putting out cords or they're they're bringing in um, inadvertently they, they can be bringing in uh, dark forces uh, and I'm not going to go into that in a great in great detail right now but if you are interested in in awareness around some of those aspects, which which are one of the reasons why you have to really be careful with who you sit with. Um, the podcast that I did with Don William goes a lot into um, standing in the light and recognizing and knowing that not all forces out there are of the light. And I'm saying this as diplomatically as possible and how to navigate 
those worlds. Because what I also recognized is during that ceremony, um, there was another prevailing force, which I'm not going to mention because I don't want to evoke it, that um, didn't, in my belief, have the best intentions for me. And so there are also others who may have certain tools um, that could not be in your best interest. That's the most diplomatic way I can put it. So that's why it's so integral, one, to develop your own tools, two, to have a clear intention, and three, to sit in an allied context with a shaman or page or curandero uh, that is uh, adept at knowing how to work with the space. And one of the ways that I would recommend doing that is actually getting references from someone you know, love, and trust. So I think if you if you have someone who has sat in the container, who is cognizant of the ins and outs of you know that person and what they bring to the table, I think that can be really helpful. Um, I would also say that you know if it's if it's if you don't have that, if you don't have a personal referral. Perhaps consider um, looking at centers with reviews. Now, recognize that any center is going to obviously position testimonials and reviews that look favorable to them. I've also uh, been at a center where they incentivize people to leave reviews. Um, and that doesn't mean that everyone's review is inauthentic. But it's just to say when you're doing this really important work, don't just take things at, sur at the surface. Like really be in, in, in conscious preparation for setting yourself up for the best possible experience, best possible facilitation, a place, a set and setting where you feel extremely safe. Um, and whatever other tools you can uh, utilize to enhance your experience. Um, I bring, for example, uh, Agua de Florida, which is, uh, helps to dispel negativity. I bring water in a spray bottle. If I need some freshness, you know, I'll spray myself with water. I have my own sacred objects that I'll bring. I have my own sacred tools that I'll bring. Um, but you know, whether that's, you know, various, you know, some people, uh, will have, um, a sacred object, someone from something from a loved one, perhaps, or, you know, some selenites, there's, there's a variety of different things you can bring, but whatever it is, if it's your favorite blanket, whatever it is that makes you feel safe to step into the work, I, I highly recommend thinking through how you set up your space. Now, another thing I want to mention is I was recently asked by someone if I could refer them to someone I trust. And if someone is in earnest, you know, search for the work, I'm of course, uh, you know, I, I always qualify by saying, you know, this is just my experience, but you know, I can recommend that this person is actually, you know, a real, a real, you know, healer, a real page. Um, but it was interesting because they're like, oh no, this was, <laughs> they, they asked me for help and then I, I suggested a couple different options and they were like, oh no, I don't like that. You have to sit, you have to sit up. That's too masculine. And it was interesting because right after that, I went to a yoga class and I couldn't get that out of my head. And 
you know, of course, I always like to consider people's perspectives. But what, what hit me about it was a lot of people have their own preferences, which I can respect, you know, if uh, and I, in, in certain Shipibo traditions that I've sat in, um, I have actually um, wound up for prolonged periods laying down. But in the Brazilian traditions and in other traditions I've sat in, you know, you sit up the whole ceremony. And that isn't about masculine or feminine. As, as was told to me by a woman, it's a symbol of respect and reverence for the sacred. And, and so it was interesting because I actually wanted to support her, but I also felt somewhat triggered. And also I didn't feel, not because of the, you know, it was, it was like an egregious thing that she said, but I just, it didn't feel right. Like it was like, you're projecting that that's actually masculine. It, ha it doesn't, in my understanding, have anything to do with a masculine or feminine dynamic. It has to do with just being in respect, you know? Um, and so this is the other piece, right? Because I, th this came to me literally the next day after sitting and and so we have to be we have to be tender with ourselves as we move through the integration process because oftentimes in my experience we're more sensitive we're more at effect to other people's energies to what other people say and i think as you consider what that may look and feel like for you i think one of the things to consider is how can I set myself up post my experience, post my, my, uh, my medicine journey? How can I set myself up to win? To, and by win, I mean to be surrounded by people that are nourishing, to be in, in my experience experience nature to be in a place that is nourishing and recognizing that i we are all in a way antennas and we are beacons and we call in different frequencies and it is incumbent upon us to recognize that certain frequencies contribute to our song contribute to our music and certain frequencies are very noisy and they they can um, really hinder our song or hurt our song. And so it's really valuable to think about how you set yourself up to win after an experience. And for me, actually, just to close the story I shared earlier about that, that sort of the jumping of that story into my experience, that was, that was in some ways like the equivalent of what I'm talking about, right? Energetics that are not yours, that can enter your space and dramatically impact your experience. And in that case, that was a very powerful negative example, um, which I spared you the details of because I don't want it to jump to you. But it was something that sit with me for years. And it's why I'm making this video, because I want you guys to sit with people that are um, honoring and hold a space, a container, where you can really feel safe to um, be yourself. And I've unfortunately had a couple of experiences 
another where I was at a retreat center and a guy who may very well have been in his medicine, but he was courting me. He kept, he kind of saw me as like, um, having answers in some way. And he kept like kind of, you know, like if, if someone's following you around, um, he did that to the point that literally while I was taking a shower, he started talking to me outside of the shower and looked over the shower and it was, um, uncalled for, uh, it was uncomfortable. And it was another instance in which I had to graciously assert a boundary and let him know that that wasn't okay with me. Uh, and I wanted him not to have nothing but a beautiful experience, but that kind of energetic around me was no, not welcome. And I was now owning a boundary. Um, those kinds of things, you know, I want to keep you from having that experience insofar as I can and setting yourself up with the right preparation uh, and then integration so that like in the sensitivity of your mental space after you leave one of these containers, you set yourself up to win. I just talked to a, a young woman who went to Liz, literally to Disneyland after her experience and she said it was horrific. She was on a roller coaster. I mean, I can only imagine being in, uh, surrounded by that many people and the, 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 the way that, that I, I can't even imagine. It would be terrible actually. Um, but really give yourself the grace of integration because that's where the work is, right? Like we, we, of course, go into these sacred containers for the insights, but if you don't apply those insights, then it's just, then it's just an experience you had, you know? It's not something that was a catalyst to actually change your life and to create meaningful and lasting change. And so I really want to encourage you to think through, okay, what, how can I set myself up to win? You know, maybe it's giving yourself a few days. Uh, if you have the grace, maybe it's giving yourself a week, you know, to, to journal, to write, to nourish. I'm currently, I'm drinking tons of water, eating really nutritious food, going to yoga every day. Um, I'm, I'm, I live, I'm currently in, uh, now back in Venice. So I'm back home in Los Angeles um, which is still a city, uh, but I'm but I'm careful, right? Like I'm I'm taking walks in quiet areas of town. I'm I'm being really uh, gentle with myself. You know, I'm recording this on a Friday night. I'm not out socializing. Not that that's bad. I'm a very social person, uh, but I'm taking the time to really integrate and to see through that the lessons that I was honored to be provided, the the insights that were shared become part of me, become part of my song, and that I don't get distracted by the noise of day-to-day -day life and living, that I, that I stay committed to the song that wants to emerge through me and the beautiful symphony that I have been able to bear witness to. And so to sort of bring this particular uh, piece to a close, I just really wanted to share with you guys the importance of how you walk into a medicine experience and how you walk after a medicine experience, how you integrate that medicine. And to do so with great reverence to with with great respect 
uh, with great humility and and send, sending a lot of intention to connect with uh, the people uh, and, and ideally, I guess most importantly, the facilitator that holds the space in a way where you can have your most profound experience in a safe space, in a consecrated space where you can do your deep work because the depth of your work is highly commensurate to the space, the set and setting that you that you put yourself in. And then once you leave that experience, that you give yourself the grace of time to journal, to process, to move into your body the, the lessons um, that you have learned and to nourish yourself. Um, to cleanse yourself of the things that don't serve you. I'm doing a lot of hot yoga, sauna. Um, I'm going to be writing some letters, you know, perhaps burning some things uh, in terms of things that no longer serve me, you know, in, in a fire pit, something of that nature. Um, but thinking through how we release, how we incorporate, what we want to release, what we want to incorporate. And this is where an ecstatic experience then becomes actual medicine and an actual um, mechanism for growth um, long term so i hope you guys found value in this if you did please let me know in the comments below if you have places that you felt really safe um, not that that's necessarily an endorsement but um, or ways of of approaching uh, a medicine uh, experience or integrating after please share them below or DM me um, also definitely recommend listening to the episode with Banky Piakau Master Page from the Ashaninka people as well as Don William um, a, a master curandero from uh, the Peruvian Amazon I think both provide very different but very interesting insights into the experience with sitting with uh, the grandmother, uh, the sacred uh, mother um, and vine, the, the serpent, um, otherwise known as uh, ayahuasca. So I hope you found this valuable. I am you know, humbly just sharing my experience, which I feel very honored to have had. And... Uh, would love to hear about yours so if you have any insights please send them my way and uh, feel free to send this episode to someone that you think would benefit from it uh, and or the links to um, Banky or Don William I hope you guys are doing really well sending you a lot of love and uh, be well on your journey <laughs>